Hey guys, Pastor Ben. Thank you for joining us here on FCC Online. We are truly thankful and appreciate you taking the time to watch and listen to our messages. One thing that I do want to encourage you to do is as you're watching these, please don't allow these to be your primary resource in your spiritual journey and your walk with Jesus. Keep these as a supplement to what you do on a weekly basis from the gathering, uh, being connected, being part of a life of a local church body. We want these to bless you. We want these messages and these videos to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. But please do not allow these to replace anything that you have to do with a local church body. You know, I, uh, I, I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. That song, I asked uh, if we could sing that song today because that song, that, that, that line in that song was like, that was my life for 30 years. And I searched for everything that this world had to offer and nothing could fill me. Can any, can any of you relate to that? You know, uh, it turns out it wasn't just uh, whoever sang that song, I don't even know, but uh, it's been that th this idea has been attributed to many old dead guys. And uh, the one I like the most, I'll share with you, it's from St. Augustine from the 1700s. He said, There is a God shaped vacuum in every man and woman that only Christ can fill. And man, I just, I, I think that's so, so perfect. And we can all relate to that. I know we can. And, you know, even after we come to Christ, we have a tendency to put things into that vacuum that will not satisfy us. And in our suffering, we, at least I, I tend to want to go back to things that I think will comfort me and give me peace and give me hope and satisfaction. And... We heard last week from Ben about that we have a high priest who can sympathize with us in our sufferings. And, and I think there's no, there's no coincidence. I know there's not. In the writer's I, uh, mindset that now we see a warning in Scripture. Right after we see that we have our hope in this high priest. And I just want to look at Hebrews. We're going to be in Hebrews 5 today. But I want to look at 5.8 first. I don't have a slide for this, but... If you would just turn to Hebrews 5, 5, 8, it says, Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. He learned obedience through what he suffered. And, man, we hate to suffer, don't we? We do. And, and, and you know, Christ suffered because of his obedience. And, and we suffer when we obey Christ, too, when we follow Christ. We just do. You know, I was thinking about suffering in this, you know, in light of what, what happened on Thursday. And that we, what do we say? You know, I mean, I don't even know what to say. But we suffer because we live in this fallen world, this sin-filled fallen world. My wife and I were talking about suffering, and uh, we... We, we were talking about how as we study the Scriptures, as we study God's Word, we suffer because God's Word exposes these things about ourselves that we don't like to see, right? It, it shines light into our 
defects of character and into our struggles, and we don't like that. At least I don't. Jesus told us in Mark 8, 34, he said that if anyone would come after me, they must deny themselves, pick up their cross and follow me. I don't know about you, but I don't like denying myself. It's not something I naturally want to do. And so in light of all of that, I want to talk to you guys today about this is a warning about apostasy is what the Bible says. Depending on your translation, a warning against falling away from Christ. A warning here. And we've seen this, this cyclical pattern in Hebrews of, of Christ is greater than the angels. And then there was a warning right away against falling away. Christ is greater than Moses. And then another warning. We saw how Christ is our great high priest. That he's the, the great high priest that we've been waiting for. Warning. And, and we have to understand that this, this early church, this first century church, was heavily persecuted. Okay, so they knew suffering, just like we suffer today. They're, they were no different then. They suffered greatly. They were persecuted by the Romans and by the Jews. And so they had a tendency to want to go back to what was comfortable, go back to what they knew. And so we're, we're just looking at four verses today in our main, main scripture here, and it's out of Hebrews 5.11. And I'm going to read it, and then we're going to unpack it. It says, about this, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. <laughs> for, by, uh, for, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. And like I said, the author here is taking this tangent, if you will, because we're going to hear about the priesthood and Melchizedek. Don't let that, don't let that confuse you. Um, don't focus on Melchizedek, okay? It's all about Jesus. Don't get, don't, get, don't get that mixed up here. But we go on this tangent here because we need to be warned to not fall back to what we used to do, but back to what we found comfort in. This word dull here is an interesting word. It, it means pretty much what you think it means, but the, uh, the Greek somewhere in there, it's, it's, it's hard to move. And, um, you know, I think about that, and I, hard to move. Think of also uh, maybe uh, set in your ways, maybe uh, uh, going back to uh, other things, you know. Maybe you've hardened your heart. Um, maybe you've, uh, you don't listen. Right? That's what dull means. It, means. it means all of those things. And, and this is really a lack of discipline in, in this church's life. It, they've, they've stopped listening. They, they've gotten lazy about the Word of God. And if we're not careful, we can do the same thing. You know, uh, become. It says they become dull. And that means that they weren't always dull, right? And maybe you can relate to that today. You know, that that you've, you've, you've known the Word of God and you've studied the Word of God and maybe you, you've, you've, you've kind of stopped listening and you've become dull. Man, I'll tell you, I know I have. Uh, I can relate to this. I, I mean, this, this letter could have been written to me that first five years of my walk with Christ. Like I said, I didn't come to know the Lord and He didn't save me until I was 30 years old. And I had this problem where I would follow God 
and I would study his word, and I'd, I'd go to church, and I'd be with God's people, and then I don't know what would happen, but it would just become difficult, you know, and there would be suffering, and I would want to go back to the things that, that I used to feed on, that I would put into that vacuum, things that I thought would satisfy me, things that I thought would, would give me joy and peace and love, but they always ended up, I just, it, it, you know, I love how he says vacuum there, because that's exactly what it is. It's never satisfied with all the things of this world. And so this is a good, you know, there's a difference between hearing and listening. We need to clarify this. Some of you right now are hearing what I'm saying. You're hearing me make noise, but you're not listening to me. And we are all guilty of this, but this is a dangerous thing, and this is why this is in this warning. When we go to church every Sunday and we hear the preacher making noise and we go through the routine of it, but we don't listen to the warnings that we hear, we're in, we get ourselves into trouble and we're in danger of falling away and putting our hope into the things of this world because we need to be ready to go out into this world, right? We can't just leave that here. And so this, this warning is for all of us, Right? This cycle, you know, I went through that same cycle of, of what he said, you know, Christ is greater than, warning, Christ is greater than. I did that in my own life for those first five years. I was like, yes, Christ, yes, Jesus. And then I'd, do so, I'd go back to the things of this world to satisfy that vacuum. And, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm the only one. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not. I mean, that's the basis of really what this whole letter is written about. So he goes on in verse 12. It says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone again to teach you the basic principles of the oracles of God. All Christians, all of us are expected to grow in Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, the, the, the word Christian literally means follower of Christ. If you're a disciple, you are expected to grow. We are expected to grow. As a matter of fact, if you follow Christ, you can't not grow. If you spend time with Christ every day, you're going to become more like him. And so if, if you can look at the last year of your life, or maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, and you look back five or ten years, and you, you don't see much change in your life, you have to question that. You have to look at that and say, am I following Christ? Have I really been following God this last year? And that's, that's hard to say. I mean, I don't, you know, this, this suffering, you know, we're talking a lot about suffering this week. And this week, preparing to, to deliver this message is, it caused me some suffering because I don't want to talk about this. I like to talk about happy things. The author here is, is saying, you know, you should be teachers by now. Um, and what he's saying is that you, you're not, I mean, obviously. But, but, but the thing is, is here is that it's like, if, if you're not, sorry, if we're following Christ, we will teach other people. I mean, that's just part of being a Christian, right? Is, is we are all called to be disciples. We believe in the priesthood of all believers. If you've been a Christian for uh, six months, you, you, can, you have something to share and to, to help other people to grow in Christ's likeness. And so this isn't just like, I mean, obviously, if you've been following the Lord for 10 years, of course, you should be teaching. 
You should be teaching others in more formal ways, but, but we are all called to, to teach other people, other Christians, to come alongside them and to disciple them. You don't need a degree from KCU to, to do that. We are all called to teach. So we need to be mindful of that. Verse 12b, right at the end of that, it says, You need milk, not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he's a child. You need milk. <laughs> you know, this isn't a bad thing. I mean, honestly, it's not a bad thing if you're a baby. Because babies need milk, right? So listen, if you're a new Christian man, praise God that you're here and you're getting the basic you know, stuff of Christ. I mean, we do that in church and stuff. But milk will sustain life for only so long, right? Before long, you need more than milk. And before long, you start starving, right? I mean, a baby, if you don't feed them more than milk after a certain point, they start to starve. And what happens when you start to starve is that you're out in this world and everything in this world is, is the opposite of what's in this. And so what do you do? You start feeding on everything of the world and you put everything into that vacuum. Just every, whatever you can put in there and nothing is enough. So you just keep putting more of whatever in there. And, and, you know, I was thinking about our, our two-year-old, Jesse. He's still nursing, I know. <laughs> He's a maniac. He's, but listen, he, he, uh, he, he is, and you know, he, he is, but he, he needs solid food now. It's not enough milk. For a two-year-old, it's not enough to just drink milk. And, and he's gotten to a point where he needs food, but he doesn't want food because it's more comfortable to just drink milk, right? And it's easier, it gives him comfort. And I think we get like this. I think we get like that. I think we just want to stay on the milk because it's easier. Like I said, the more time you spend in here, the more of, you, of, your, of your flaws and the things that aren't aligned with the Word of God you're going to see in your life. And so it's easier just to put it down and to keep drinking milk. But we can't do that because, like I said, we're going to starve. We're going to starve if we do that. And I, like I said, I'm, t- I'm just speaking from experience. I did this. I did this, and man, I starved, man. And I almost killed myself because I went back to trying to stuff things into that vacuum that wouldn't fill me. We cannot just drink milk once a week and, and then go out in there and starve, man. We, we get to a point in our walk with Christ where we need to pick up a fork and a knife and start eating on the meat of God's word. And on the things of God, we have to. We'll starve. If we're not growing in Christ every day in some way, we are dying in this world. This world does not, like I said, it just does not line up here. This, his thought here is, is, is uh, wrapped up in verse 14. But solid food is for the mature for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Constant practice. If there was a title of this message, I don't know if there was, but it would be constant practice. <laughs> constant practice. What does that mean? Man, you know, write this down. The antidote to falling away from Christ 
is Christ. That's not just, I'm not trying to be clever. It just is. If you don't want to don't want to fall back into your old ways and into your old things. It's Christ. It's Christ. You know, in our suffering, like I said, in, at least for myself, when I suffer, I go back to, to wanting to fill that void, to fill that vacuum with things that I know in the past have made me feel good, maybe, or, or have done the trick, you know, if you, if you will. But nothing really satisfies. But... But, you know, I was thinking about this discernment that it's talking about. It's like a baby, how a baby puts anything in its mouth, you know, has no discernment, right? Kids, they just, whatever, like, oh, I don't know. But, you know, this is saying that through constant practice, we've been trained. We've trained our discernment, right? Our, 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 we, we, our heart, mind, and soul has been trained, right, so that we know when something of this world that we know is toxic is going to kill us, we just spit. We don't even taste it. We don't even put it in there, Right? This idea of training is what you would think, but it, I mean, it's like, this is like Olympic sports here, training. You're training to win a gold medal. That's what it means. Trained by constant practice. And we're either constantly practicing the things of God or we're constantly practicing the things of this world. There's no two ways about it. And so that's the question we have to ask ourselves. What are we training What are we training on? Constant practice. Um, You guys have heard of Kobe Bryant, probably. He, uh, if you don't know who he is, he, aside from Michael Jordan, he was the best basketball player that ever lived. You're wrong if you disagree with me. (laughs) But this guy, he, he was interviewed. I mean, there's a ton of interviews. He died a couple years ago in a terrible accident, but he was interviewed, and uh, they asked him, like, why are you so good or whatever. You know, he was really arrogant. He was like, I'm the best, you know. And he said, this is why. He said, at 3 o'clock in the morning, I get up, and I go to the gym, and I work out for two hours. And he said, when I get done, I go home, and I have breakfast. And he said, does he sit around and rest of the day? No. He goes back to the gym and exercises again for two hours, you know, just the basic stuff. I mean, the basketball, you know, I mean, basketball's not rocket science, right? You just bounce a ball and you throw it in the basket, right? I mean, it takes skill, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but he, but he, it's the constant practice and the basics, the hours, man, in, day in and day out. He said by 10 o'clock or 10, 30, 11, he goes home. By then, he's already worked out twice. Most guys are just getting out of bed. And he said... So he eats lunch. What does he do? Does he take the rest of the day off, play video games with his buddies? No. He goes back to the gym. Constant practice. And, you know, I, I, I bring that up, and, and everybody's like, yeah, I mean, if you want to be the best at basketball, you got to do it. You know, if you want to be disciplined, if you want to just like, I mean, he does, dude, everything's second nature to the guy when he's playing the game, right? And I think it's interesting how we, we have a hard time translating that kind of devotion to our walk with Jesus Christ. We go, well, that's, that's, dude, you're taking this too seriously, man. You're getting too carried away here. But when we read this, there's no other, there's no, we can't come to any other conclusion here. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Man, if you are not constantly feeding on things of God, 
This world, everything in it is, is, is to pull us away from Christ, to pull us away from God. Feasting on God's word, on the word of God, is the only thing that will ever satisfy that vacuum in you. Feasting on godly things is the only way to keep us from falling back to those old things. And listen, I'm not just talking about Bible reading. You know, it's easy to say, well, you're just, dude, you're, come on, don't be so legalistic. We don't have to read the Bible all the time. Joshua 1.8, it says this. It says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Now, how do you meditate on the word day and night? You can't just, I mean, I got a job, right? I got to go to school. I can't just read the Bible all the time. No, but it's about all of the other stuff that you're putting into that vacuum throughout your day. It's about kids. It's about who are you hanging out with at school? Are they talking? Are they speaking the word into you at school? Or are they speaking the world into you? Think about that. That's how we, we meditate on it day and night. It's all of these things. It's that constant practice in things of God. So what do you do if, if you find yourself and you're, you, you know you've been falling away, you know you're, you're going back to filling that vacuum up with these old things? Because we all get to that. I mean, I think we all have probably been there. Maybe you're here, there right now. What do you do? What do you do? What should I do? That's the question. Oh. You know, the first thing that we have to do is we have to, we have to obviously see it. Maybe it gets pointed out. Maybe it's getting pointed out to you right now. The first thing you do is repent. You confess that. You turn around. That's what, that's what repentance is. You just you turn around. You, you say, I'm, you know what, I see that this thing is killing me. I'm going back to this for comfort. I'm going to turn around and go to God. I'm not going to be killed by that thing anymore. Second thing is, is that we, we need to work on our relationship with Christ. And it's all about a relationship, right? Being a Christian is all about a relationship, we, we need to work on that relationship, and that is spent with, what's the number one thing in any relationship? Communication, that's good, that's good, that's second. Time. Time. Time with that person. Spending time with God is how we build our relationship with God. Like I said, this is the, the basics. We don't have to make this complicated. There's no higher level of Christianity. Okay, let me just tell you that. Let me break that news to you. These people that you, that you have in your mind right now, if I say, man, the most mature Christian you can think of, boom, somebody just came into your head. Guess what? Constant practice in the basics of, of God's word, of, of serving God's people, of serving every, all people, being together as a church whenever you can. That is what builds a mature Christian, by constant practice. So check your diet, right? We're talking about milk, and we're talking about meat and solid food. I figure we'd throw that in there. What's your diet look like? Think about that. 
What are you consuming on a regular basis? What are you putting into your eyes? What are you doing on your smartphone when you're scrolling through TikTok or whatever you're looking at? Those hours that you're just staring at that screen, what are you feeding? You cannot expect a feast on this world and to grow as a Christ follower, to not be falling back into old things and, and back away from God. We have to think about that. Our diet consists of that, man, because we're feeding, we're either feeding the, the trash of this world into that vacuum or we're, we're going to just consume things of God. I was thinking, uh, I've been here and what, what is the most, what's like the first part of your, your diet plan? What's the one thing you should consume, like at least half your body weight in? Water. Man. It's amazing how many times Jesus used food analogies or water analogies. What did Christ say? He said, but whoever drinks of the water that I give, never thirst. You want to satisfy that vacuum in there? You want to be sure that you don't fall away? You, you wouldn't even think of going back to old things because you're so full of the things of Christ and you're so full of that living water. There's no way we're going to go back to those old ways. And then four, practice, 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 constant practice, constant practice. You know, the Word of God is, is absolutely essential. God's Word is paramount. I can't emphasize that enough. I cannot emphasize that enough. We have, we, my wife and I went out and bought this new, it's just a cheap Bible. It's 25 bucks. And, uh, just because I wanted this particular version in a small little, I could hold my hand. There are mil- billions of people around the globe that can't even get their hands on one of these. I mean, they can't. They're illegal. If you get caught with a Bible, man, you are going to jail. How many Bibles do you have in your house that just sit there on the shelf? Man, I've been guilty of that. Man, we have God's Word his promises, his comfort, his peace, joy. Man, it's all right at our fingertips, and we just need to make sure that it doesn't just sit on the shelf. You know what I mean? If I could get the worship team to come up here, we're going to wrap this up. I was thinking about this list that I have up here, and this is not just a list for like a warning, like if you're in danger of falling away or, or, or that you feel yourself backsliding. This, this right here, this little list that I threw together, that list is, that's what Christians, we should all be doing. That should be just our basic, I mean, this should be, that's the basics of following Christ, is to be in God's word every day, to be a have a repentant lifestyle. That's not, man, we, we, you don't just repent one time and start following Jesus, man. That's any time you see anything that you're putting into that vacuum that's getting in, in the way of putting Christ in there. You know, if we're not careful, we, we will become just like these Hebrews that get warned over and over and over that Christ is greater. He is our great high priest. Listen, I know that a lot of us are suffering, losing Carla, 
was, was devastating. What a woman, man. She exemplified this kind of stuff. She made me feel so special. You know, I thought it was just me, but she was a wonderful, what a treasure she was. And man, I, I just, you know, if you're hurting, if you're suffering, remember what we read last week, that we have a great high priest that, that has suffered everything that you've ever suffered. He knows what you're going through. We have that at our fingertips. He is there. Man, he is the great comforter. He wants to be fulfilling that vacuum in your life. We're going to sing this last song, and we're going to have a bunch of people up here to pray with you. Man, don't, don't hesitate coming up here and, and, and just and letting, it, letting it out. It's okay.